Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brenda McCullough, and it's a special episode. We have returning guest and network friend, Kenny Rotter, from the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. How are you guys? Uh, I mean, if we want to continue the tradition of talking about what I eat garbage-wise before no. the podcast, I have Little Caesars, and it's... Eh. <laughs> That's not a tradition. I feel like they should have died out in the 90s like everyone thought they did. And yes, it very much is a tradition. Oh, it can't be. And I agree. I forgot Little Caesars was a thing. Oh, yeah. Pizza, pizza. Yeah, exactly. And then they just disappeared for like 2000 to 2010. And they're like, hey, we're still alive. It's like, why? Well, how do you keep contending with like Pizza Hut and Domino's and Papa John's? Like, there's too many to choose from. At least in my opinion, I think they're all awful. Like, I haven't had Pizza Hut in the last 15 years where I didn't get violently ill afterwards. So I think they're all pretty terrible because they're just so greasy. Yeah, it's abnormally greasy pizza. How about you, Kenny? Uh, about pizza? I'm. Or- <laughs> 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 sure. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, Almost better than pizza. Yeah, I am. I I'm. I don't know, man. I don't know how how I feel about pizza. I haven't had like delivery pizza in a long time. Normally, if we do, the closest place around here is Round Table, but that's like a once a year thing at best. If you're in the L.A. area and you can get Lucifer's, it's amazing. Oh, I was going to say, you're more of a DiGiorno guy. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no, um, but h- how I'm doing, I am doing phenomenal. Um, mostly because last night I saw a sneak preview of Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh. And it was very good. And then today, the new trailer for the My Little Pony movie dropped, and it's phenomenal. <laughs> Fantastic, dude. That sounds like a good day for a fan. Uh, Well, I guess I should kind of steer this ship. This is a video game podcast. We try to talk about video games. I actually have been playing a lot because it's been a hell of a gap since we last recorded. But I guess we can first start with Kenny because we haven't heard from you in the longest time. So what have you been playing? Uh, I have I've been sticking with some Mario Kart 7 on my 3DS. Nice. I have, I know, thank you. It's, it's last. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I've been catching up on some Pokemon Sun, and then there was a huge Nintendo sale. So I got, also for my 3DS, um, on the virtual console, uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past that I've never played before. Ooh, that's a good so, one. It's so good. So I mean, I, I haven't, played it yet just because i've been doing some some crazy shenanigans uh here at home and just has been taking me away from games but i have made a list of things i'm gonna buy when i'm through all this stuff that's going on and a nintendo switch made the list and i'm super excited for super mario odyssey i watched oh my god I watched mm-hmm. all the playthroughs on uh, from E3, and it looks incredible. Absolutely. I'm with you, dude. I'm so hyped for that game. I love the Galaxy series. I'm just, I guess, a Mario fanboy. There's lots of them out there, but I really enjoy those games, and that one looks incredible to the point where I probably will only own a Switch for that game, probably Kart and some other stuff. But yeah, it's going to be like Mario franchise stuff, maybe Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> yeah. What's the thing? A big appeal for the Switch was saying, like, oh, we got all these third-party developers, like, working on the Switch games. It's like, cool. None of them are super great, at least not right now. And it's, yeah, it's mostly Mario uh, Kart with, I think, Mario Kart 8 Ultra or something, where it's all the DLC included. 
Yeah, the yeah. deluxe one. Odyssey is coming out, Breath of the Wild. ARMS uh, came out pretty recently to when we're recording, and even that's kind of flopping already. People are really lost interest in that quick. Yeah, it seems like some of the reviewers are like really into it, though, so I don't know. I'd have to play it firsthand to get an opinion. It seems like there are certain people who are really passionate about it and really enjoy it, but it seems like player base wise and like online wise, it's dying out pretty quick. Like it seems like people are losing interest in it. So I, I mean, it seems neat and I can't play it myself, but I would like to see it do well and continue do, uh, continue being developed for like maybe new characters and stuff. But it seems like it, it seems like it really lost momentum. Yeah. Well, uh, how about you, Bren? What kind of games have you been playing? Oh boy, uh, I found this cool little indie game called Binding of Isaac that I know probably no one's heard of. Oh goddamn it! A lot. <laughs> I just, it's just like the new version of Solitaire for me. I just jump in that <laughs> for like five minutes, just something to kill time, or while I'm listening to a podcast or something. I don't know. It's just too goddamn addictive. Uh, what else? Uh, Corey from Run Track Gamers. Uh, Run Track Gamers. Run Track I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a card. It's the Mashup between Dumbbells and Dragons and One Track Gamers. It's a cardio <laughs> one that you listen to while running. There you go. Um, but there's a Steam sale going on, and he bought me a Deadly Premonition, which is... I know we've talked, Doug, about it. Yeah, that was one of the gamer no games. <laughs> yeah. And it's... I remember talking to you off mic saying, like, oh, yeah, it's like a late two thousand uh, late PS2 game. Like, it's pretty terrible. It's like, no, this was a PS late PS3 or PS4 early. Like, it was like 2009 yeah. or something. I was like, oh, my God. Because the game's terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's it's what people describe as, like, Twin Peaks, the video game. Even though the creator claims he's never seen Twin Peaks, it's very similar in that weirdness and, like, a small mountainous town. Okay. Um, like, it's got this cult following because it's just so bizarre and, like, such a weird game. And I don't, I haven't played it yet, but I don't think it's because it's a good game. I don't think it is. But I think it's because it's just so odd. And it's just, like... The craziness of uh, Kojima, but without like a first-person shooter of Metal Gear Solid to like keep, uh, propel it through gameplay. So I'll probably get around to playing that at least a little bit. But at least from what I've seen, there's like driving sections that are just really like really slow and unbearable, and controls like garbage. So uh, I'll see how that goes. Uh, I've still been playing Guilty Gear a lot. I'm still terrible, but I've actually won a few matches online, which. I don't know, that whole, that carries some weight, because nearly everyone that plays Guilty Gear is a god at it. Yeah, so, definitely. It's super overwhelming to go online at all if you don't have a buddy with you. Um, And Night Into the Woods, that came out a while ago, and I know I was excited when it initially came out. I finally got around to playing it. Um, it's still, you know, all the hype for it has died down, certainly, by now, but I still think it's great. It's it's one of those games that's tricky, because there's not much gameplay to it. It's more or less just a visual novel that you just every now and then do something and to keep your attention on it. Because it's, okay. it's very story-heavy, it's very atmospheric, uh, the music in it's great, the character and writing for it is... The writing for it is way too real. There's certain moments where it's just like, no, this is way too like relatable and depressing, and I don't want this like in my escapism video game. Like This is like making me deal with my real-life issues in my free time, and I don't want this. Um, so it's, it's stuff like that where like the main story is you play as May, a girl who drops out of college sophomore year and goes back home and her town is essentially like a mining town. Like that was big into coal mining and stuff. 
and it's kind of falling apart. Like people are losing jobs and houses. And a big supermarket came in, and her dad is not working at that for like minimum wage because it's the only job he could get after the mine collapsed. Like stuff like that, where it's just like, oh fuck, I, oh this is rough. Um, but it's very good. It's very well written. Um, the only real complaint I would have is since it is so story heavy and narrative heavy that it kind of has no replay value. There are small changes that vary from gameplay to gameplay, depending on which group of your, like who in your group of friends you hang out with and spend your free days with that would reveal some more dialogue at the end of the game. And I think there's a few other things you can do that change if you've, depending on what you've done, but it's never clear enough or it takes too long to do. Like, one of the veritable decisions that you can make is at, like, the very end of the game. So in order to see what the difference would be, you'd have to play the whole game again up to that very point. Oh, shit. So the small changes that can vary for each person's game, I don't think is enough to justify playing through it all again. And I mean, unless you yeah. really love it. Like, Mark really loves Life is Strange and plays that every now and then. <laughs> so, like, unless you're, like, just fully immersed in that world and you love everything about it and want to see it over and over again, then that would justify it. But I think one time is enough to play through it and maybe you could just look up videos of it. Uh, but it's very good. But yeah, like I said, the replay value is almost none. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, and I played, uh, I think Mark talked about it before, but I started playing Fire Hero Emblem, or Fire Emblem Heroes on my phone. Yeah. Um, How do you like it? Cool game. It's really neat, especially since it's free. Uh, there's, it definitely plateaus at a certain point where I actually start being challenged in the battles, like where it actually I actually had to think ahead and not just, you know, auto-battle for me. And w- when you hit that point, it's tough because you gain less experience for each previous battle you've done. Like, if you're going to grind through old battles, you get less experience. And when you get less experience, you level up less. And when you level up less, it's harder to do the current be- like missions that you're on, like, that are at your level. So it's really tough to, like, get higher levels and to keep battling without having the right heroes and it really plateaus hard at like level 20 or so. And uh, I just stopped because I'm just like, I can grind with these heroes and fight this one, like the last five battles, like 20 times a day and maybe get one level up on each of my four heroes. And that still won't be enough because it's kind of like a rock, paper, scissors battle system where uh, red defeats green and a green defeats blue and a blue defeats red sort of thing. And then there's spellcasters and archers and spearmen and swordsmen. And that all plays into it. And every now and then you'll come up against a story hero who's like a wizard who just obliterates half your team in one shot. So it's like, well, he's so much pow- more powerful than me. And the only heroes I have that could counter him effectively are level one. So it's like, it's just, it's tough. It's definitely fun and it's amazing for a free game, but that's because it's got Nintendo pushing it. Because I think it's officially licensed. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it, it kept my interest for about a week and a half, and then after that, I just don't care anymore. That's with every phone game I find. Like, I'll always promote something on this show, and then, like, weeks from down the line, someone will ask me, like, oh, are you still playing that? And the answer is definitely no. It's just, like, I, you lose interest in them, like, pretty quickly, unless, like, you're a huge fan. Yeah. The, the only game I still have on my phone is Puzzle Forge 2. That one I could just jump in at any time, and it's just, like, a match-three sort of crafting game. It's really cool, and the ad, there are almost no existent ads and stuff, and it's it's great. That's the only one I've had my on my phone for more than a month. Everything else I just delete when I'm done. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that a while back. Yeah. Um, 
Well, here's my like big video game update. I did get around to going to Too Many Games 2017. Uh, in previous years, I would go with Bren and we'd record on site and stuff and it just didn't work out. I tried to get AJ to go, but he had other plans and it, it was pretty fun. Um, it was a huge turnout again, like this convention for like a small thing in like the outer, the greater Philadelphia area, like they crush it. Like there's thousands of people in this place and they're selling games and all sorts of stuff. There's cosplay. I ran into, uh, the great say man and one of the TV head people from saga. So that was really fun and interesting. Um, the great say man sucks. No, that's what He's I mean. I thought so it was so, he is the lamest person ever, but I thought it was a great, like just to even see someone dressed up as him. And he, he even like greeted me. He's like, hello citizen. And all that. He's yeah. like full character is great. I don't know. And I, it's, it reminds me of that story I told on the podcast. The only thing I ever stole in my life was dra- season seven of dragon ball Z. <laughs> and I was super disappointed because it was the same man, like saga. Um, <laughs> but regardless. Then there was some decent indie games there this year. I remember in previous years, we were kind of unimpressed by the indie games. This year, there was one that stood out dramatically to me, and I hope to get the guy on the podcast. Like, I did network a little. But the game is called Neon Wasteland, and one of the coolest things about it is it's like, in tandem with the game, there's a comic book, and he has this technology. I honestly don't understand how he does it, and that's why I want him on the show to talk about it more in depth. But he was holding a tablet. He says you could do it with your phone, too. Like above the comic book and on the like and utilizing the camera you see the comic book pages on the tablet like come to life with animation and stuff and it was absolutely ridiculous to like take the comic book medium and then just add something as simple as hovering your phone over it with a camera and then seeing like these in in in-depth animations and like really bringing the artwork to life like it is super intricate and beautiful to look at and um and i got to play his game like very briefly with just one particular level that seems like a very multifaceted game very psychedelic the art style is very unique it's all one guy so very interesting neon wasteland that's one to keep your eye out uh, your eye on i think it's available on itch.io if i'm not mistaken already so check that out and then the only other one that stood out was something my girlfriend was really liking it was a platformer called starry night holly and i'm not sure if that's available just yet but they had like kiosks for it and she was playing and Seemed to have a good time with that, too. So the indie game devs were on point, the the crowd was on point, the cosplay, everything was a really good time. And I did end up picking up some cool shit for, like, pretty cheap. Uh, I did buy a Nintendo DS, just a regular DS Lite, <laughs> uh, for 35 bucks, which I thought was not bad. It came with the box, nice. the charger, and everything. I know, I was like, 35 and I get the, the full, I, and I get to relive my DS days. Um, I did pick up uh, Pokemon White version, which was almost as much as the system itself. I got that for like 20 bucks. And then I also picked up Golden Sun Dark Dawn, which I know a uh, listener of the show, Pat Johnston, he was uh, getting back into Golden Sun on his phone and stuff. And it just kind of made me realize the only Golden Sun game I haven't played is Dark Dawn. So I'm really eager to dive into that. Um, but then other than that, Oh yeah, Adam Korolik was there again. There was a uh, angry video game nerd, so lots of people to check out. Good panels, and even that band Psycho Stick. They're known for that song. Beer is good. It's tough. Uh, they were there like <laughs> late at night, so that was pretty cool. Um, did you stay for the wrestling match this time? Actually, no. <laughs> uh, it always seems like fun. Um, yeah, I think too many games is getting bigger and bigger each year because there's of course like uh, Wizard World and Comic Con in Philly. But it's just such a fucking pain in the ass to get to. I used to go almost every year, and then one year, me and my dad were just like, 
do you not want to go? And it's like, nah. It's like, all right. Because <laughs> it's just such a hassle, and it's so expensive to get parking and this and that. I mean, I'm going to Anime Expo this weekend by the time people listen to this. I've already gone. But it's just like $40 to get tickets like one day. If I was like, all right, I'll hold off till tomorrow. Next day, it was $55 for a one-day ticket. Uh, it's probably going to be like $30 for parking somehow. Um, and I think with too many games, it's out in Oaks, which is like two hours from Philly. Did you say, Doug? Yeah, it's, that's what I mean. It's not really Philadelphia. It doesn't seem like that's why they call no. it the greater Philadelphia area. No, but it's like it's far enough where it's just not the hustle and bustle of the city, but it's close enough where you could easily drive there in a day and back. So yeah. I think people are just going out there and you're like, you know what? We don't have to get upsold on like hotel rooms because hotels jack up prices around con season. Um, we can find plenty of parking because it's actually a convention center and it's not in the city. Uh, there's other stuff like so it's not just such a hassle to be there anymore. So I think that's getting bigger and bigger. And unfortunately, that might be become too big like Wizard World, where at a point they're making another smaller con in like State College, Pennsylvania, like another two hours away. So, but I, I think these smaller cons are getting more attention because people don't want to have to deal with the massive crowds. Like at big yeah. conventions now, the trick is you buy the whole like weekend pass, either three or four day pass. First day you go around just to see what's all there. Second day, you just go to whatever panel or booth or celebrity you want to meet and just wait in line because it's going to be like five hours of you just waiting. And that's pretty much it. And then the last day you go around picking up all the merch, like that seems to be the strategy for it. Yeah, that sounds like a valid strategy. And uh, it's a good problem to have because I remember like four years ago, this is like at least the fourth year I'm going. It was not that big of a turnout. So it's pretty cool to see how, how it's really evolving and growing. And how that nerd culture is just blossoming in this area. And I don't have to go too far out of my way. It's like literally like an hour or so to get there. So that was pretty cool. Um, and th- yeah, so that was just me doing too many games. There is no live segment. Sorry, listener. <laughs> Not that you're looking forward to it. But, that um, sweet 10 minute segment of us trying to scream over some Jenga game in the background. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the actual games I've been playing, I did start playing Pokemon White version and goddamn, does it feel good? I never got around to playing anything past, uh, blue, red, and yellow, which is like, Jesus. I know. I'm not even kidding. So to go from that to this is just like, this is insane. And I'm having so much fun. Uh, the, the starter Pokemon, I don't even recognize. I was like, what the fuck is this? So I had Oshawott, Tepig, and Snivy. And I went with Oshawott, the water type, and he's really cute. And I just like initially thought like, I'll just go with the cuter one. And then I looked up their evolution uh, chain and I'm really glad I went with him because he looks like a real total badass by the end of things. But uh, I, I named my main character, I guess uh, when I got the DS, it had a save data on it already. So I had to delete it and they named their character Ash. I'm like, ha how funny. And then I named mine Zunkery because I thought, why not like honor Mark? And then my my starter Pokemon, Oshawa, I nicknamed Jameleon because I thought that, that was very <laughs> appropriate. So it's pretty cool seeing like, go Jameleon when you throw the Pokemon ball or it's like, you're, you're in control now, Jameleon, or it's like, Jameleon's evolving and shit. So that's pretty fun. Um, so, Jesus. yes, I'm just really enjoying that's, it. It's very, it's, that's the only thing about these games. They're exactly the same. Like there's literally yeah. nothing different about them other than the graphics and the Pokemon themselves. So I... It's, well, I know what I'm doing, it seems like. Oh, well, maybe story, story-wise, story yeah. And the story is kind of well, dumb story. with, like, these people being like, oh, we're trying to liberate Pokemon by beating the shit out of them or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't even get that. So <laughs> it doesn't That's make any sense. That's always my favorite. Yeah. Um, story and, like, cool. It's like, most of the time, it's just like, you want to be the best Pokemon trader. And 
blue and or black and white. Yeah, they try to do a narrative, and it's just yeah, like Doug said, it's very odd. It is. It's just not necessary. What were your thoughts, Kenny? Well, I was just gonna say with with Pokemon, like the way I approach all of it is since me and my wife both played, she got Moon, I got Sun, and I was like, okay, before I even start, I'm just gonna get the first Pokemon, play till where I can trade it, trade it to you for something not stupid, reset you know, reset everything. And so now in the game I'm actually playing, I have all three starter Pokemon. That's cool as hell. Oh, wow. And then I named my character uh, Dragonborn, and I, chose nice. the, and I chose the female avatar. And my wife was like, why'd you choose the girl? And I was like, because she's cooler than the dude. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Universally agreed. And I, you were saying, like, all I remember is when Pokemon first came out, I remember playing red and blue. I had red. And then I remembered having gold or silver. I think it was gold. But I can't remember for the life of me if I ever beat it or whatever happened to it. Yeah. The only Pokemon game I've ever beat was actually yellow, and that was wild, and I'm glad I was able to pull it off. But that's what I mean. I'm going to aim to beat this one. It, it feels good to be playing Pokemon again, even though I don't recognize a single one of them, which is actually kind of, like, nice, because it's like, oh, cool, it's like something fresh. But some of them are goofy. Like, the fighting-type Pokemon, they just look like people. I'm like, this is getting weird. <laughs> Blurring that line of Pokemon and slavery a little too much now. Yeah. Um. And it's also, there was actually an article about, like, how the developers were just getting lazy. Like, there was, like, a Pokemon named Vanilla Cone, which just yeah. looked like a scoop of vanilla ice cream. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it like, like a Sunday. And it's like, they always had those crappy Pokemon. Yes. Even in red and blue, you just don't remember it because you remember how cool Charmander and Pikachu and yeah. Squirtle were. You know, you don't remember... Magnemite and Diglett and Dotrio, where it's well, just three yeah. of them how, together. Yeah, how lame Ratatata is. Oh, it's a rat oh, with a longer tail. Like, Oh, it evolved into a fatter, uglier rat. Cool. <laughs> oh, what? Look, Mr. Mime and racially insensitive Jinx. Great. I love these. <laughs> like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is jarring, though, going from that to uh, black and white, because I skipped over Diamond and Pearl. And I, I beaten them all except for Sun and Moon. I got to Elite Four and I was just like, I don't know, I just lost interest in it. Um, but it is, I think Black and White are some of the weirder Pokemon. Like Sun and Moon feels, they feel kind of natural and like, they make sense. I guess because there's so many variations of the old ones with the Alola versions. So it's like, oh, it's Ra it's Raichu, but it's Alola Raichu. So like, it's, it's still old, but still kind of new, like a new take on it. And so that kind of, that familiarity kind of feels the same with all the Pokemon. They all kind of feel like creatures, but like exotic creatures. But I think black and white was the weirdest one, in my opinion, where it's just like, it's just things that are alive now. And it's just like, it's crazy, like, abstract thoughts. Like, there's one that is uh, a ghost type that holds a mask. And that is, if you read it in the Pokedex, the description is like, the accumulation of lost souls combined to form this Pokemon. And when it evolves, oh God. it turns into like a sarcophagus. It's like, so these are just dead people, right? Like you're telling me <laughs> these are just like my dead family members. And I now just capture them in a Pokeball. Like what the hell are you talking about? Well, yeah, that's and, pretty weird. And like a lot of the Pokemon origin stories are just sad. 
Like oh, yeah. Cubone? Cubone. Oh, that comes to mind. Yeah. There I was in a Pokemon museum in white and there was like there's like bones or something, and it's like apparently some Pokemon would carry this around. I'm like, is that a reference to Cubone? I think it is. Probably. But then there's there's like one that's like a ghost tree type, and its first form is like the like a group of or a child would die in the woods and its ghost would become this Pokemon. Like so it's like, oh, I have a dead child as a fighting monster. Like it's very odd. But Pokemon, I think Pokemon always went to try and be realistic. Uh, maybe not realistic. It's cr- crazy animals that breathe fire. It's not realistic at all. But like, what are you saying? Are you saying that animals that breathe fire aren't real? Uh, uh dragons. <laughs> He's got you there. I got my dog hooked up to a propane tank and a torch. PETA is furious with me, but they also can't get anywhere near me because I got a fire-breathing dog. Um, but no, like, even in the first Pokemon, uh, Red and Blue, you find Gary, who has a Rattata early on, and then it becomes Eradicate. And then you see him in Lavender Town, where there's the ghost tower, like, where you get the self-scope and you fight the Gastlys and Haunters and stuff. You see him there, because the Spirit Tower is a Pokemon graveyard, and he doesn't have Eradicate anymore. And originally, it was because his Raticate died, and that's where he buried him. But they took all the text relating to that out of the game at the very end of it. So, like, they wanted to make it seem like a natural world where these creatures exist and die and live their lives. Some of them turned into food. Like, in the show, they try to eat Magikarp a few times, but his scales are so hard, he can't eat them, so he's completely useless. But then they shy away from it, and they're like, oh no, we eat other fish. It's like, so wait, there's real fish, and then there's also Pokemon fish. What? Like, yeah. So, so there is con- inconsistencies. That makes sense. All right. Well, that was a hell of a Pokemon tangent. Um, my it final thing, the final stuff that I have for our listeners is PS4 update for them. Uh, I did, Bren mentioned Life is Strange. It was free for the week or the week, the month of June. So I, I downloaded that shit. I even said to my girlfriend, I was intending on buying it anyway for like the full 20 bucks, get the season and just have it. But it was really nice surprise to log on and be like, oh, what are the free games this month? And it's like, holy shit, it's Life is Strange. Absolutely. So by the time you're listening to this, you either missed out on it or you hopped on it. I hopped on it. It's great. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think I'm going to replay that with my girlfriend just because it's like one of those games that's fun to play with somebody else. Uh, but we already know the outcome. But it's um, it's kind of a Mark situation. I like it so much. I, I could redo that. Um, but as far as games that I purchased, I got the... PS4 Need for Speed and Divinity Original Sin Enhanced Edition, which yeah. the latter I didn't even get around to playing much. I think I just started up for like maybe a half hour one night and I haven't got back to it just yet, but I'm really excited to dive into that. Like Bren has talked about it at length, how it's like D&D, the video game, so pretty hype about that. Um, but I did like s- severely dive into Need for Speed and I have a lot to say. So as somebody... I think I was playing a lot of a lot more PC games when the podcast first started, and one of those games was definitely Need for Speed Most Wanted, and that was a 2012 game. And already, EA is one of the worst perpetrators of reusing names for games because there's Need for Speed Most Wanted that came out on in 2005. That was, I think, a PlayStation 2 game, if I'm not mistaken. Then they make Need for Speed Most Wanted, the exact same title for in a 2012 game, which. I was PC, probably PS3 and Xbox 360, if I'm not mistaken, that generation. And then now they're just calling this PS4 game Need for Speed. No tagline, just Need for Speed. And I'm like, God damn it, that's annoying. But regardless, I have so much to say about this game. It's ridiculous. I liked Need for Speed Most Wanted way more than the just Need for Speed for PS4. 
Main reason? Because this new PS4 one, all the cutscenes are live action. And it is so cringy, these actors and, like, just the situations that you're in and how they're just trying to seem so badass and, like, yeah, we're car racing people. And I, I just can't. It's car just not for me. People. Like, it's just not for me. Like, I like to just get in a car and race. And one of the best uh, benefits of the 2012 Need for Speed Most Wanted was you just hop in your car, do some races, and as you're driving around, you discover other badass cars. Sometimes you'll, like, come across, like, a goddamn, like, Lamborghini. It's like, of course I'm going to take this for a spin. But in this one, it's a lot more realistic with, like, the fact that you start with this car, and you for each race, you earn money, and then however much money you get, you can buy different cars. So, it's, like I said, more realistic, but it's less fun, and that's what I mean. I liked the fun aspect of Most Wanted 2012, because, and also, like, even just crashing your car. Like, it would just be great to just go off a ledge and just crash and see this crazy crash animation. In this new one, when you crash, as soon as you crash, like, the screen kind of, like, dims out and, like, fades away, and it's just, like... Almost as if they didn't even feel like going to the trouble of showing some crazy car crash. I'm like, well, that's kind of lame. So there's a couple of things that I just don't generally like about this new one. The soundtrack is crap. Like, I, I almost <laughs> like I should just go in the settings and turn the music all the way down. Like, I need to just listen to my own music when I play. And the online features, though, is great. Like, you could play with friends. I was, I was Twitch streaming it one night and like a viewer came on. I was like, oh, I have this game. Do you want to play? And I was like, sure. So that kind of stuff, it's cool and easy to get into that. And the racing's cool. The only thing I also don't like is the drift racing where you have to like specifically try to drift to get points. And like, that's just more or less because it's hard and I'm not as like good at that stuff, but I don't know. Having fun with it. Definitely going to try to play the shit out of it and earn one of the best cars. Right now I'm rocking like some kind of like super fast Nissan. So that's cool. <laughs> I just, I never think of Nissan as like a racing car. I always well, think of it as like a mid-sized sedan. Well, yeah, that, I know what you mean, but I started off with the Subaru, and it, it's still pretty speedy. I go back to that every now and then. It tops out at 170, which is like, damn it, I need to go faster. I want to say, you mentioned something earlier about it's, you know, the previous, or this one is more realistic, but less fun. Yeah. I don't play video games for realism. Yeah. If, right? If I want realism, I'll go outside. Exactly. And <laughs> like, that's... It's why I like Mario games. It's why I like NFL Blitz and NBA Jam. Like, yeah. I, I don't want my football games to be ultra realistic to the point where I'm having to negotiate my contract. Like, <laughs> exactly. That's a great like, example. Because then I'm just going to be a holdout for the entire season until they pay me and it's going to be a really boring video game. Yeah. Well, what, what if you could play Football Manager 2017 where literally all you do is negotiate contracts? You don't even play football. That's, that's terrible. That's, that's, that's actually thing. that's it's, a game. It, it is a thing, and I'm just like yeah. no interest. Like, give me my Pokemon, give me my Mario, <laughs> give me my Mario Kart. That's what but, I mean. And this, they even like it's so realistic to the point where like you have your own garage and you can like fine tune your gu- your your car to so much that you can change the pressure in each tire and like all this like crazy <laughs> okay. tuning and shit. And it, like that it's all affects much. how you race. It, it is act- It is kind of overwhelming. But I think like. The hardcore people that are like, I actually love this street race, and they play this game are like, whoa, this is so legit, man. And it's like, no kidding, but like your average person who just wants to play a Need for Speed is just like, I don't, I'm not even gonna use half of this shit. I have no interest in my video games being more realistic. If anything, I want my reality to be more like video games. I want, <laughs> I want to get in my car and throw turtle shells and bananas at people and, like, shoot spiny shells that makes everybody in front of me just kind of explode. 
<laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, having moved out to LA and like driving on these freeways, it feels like driving on Toad's uh, Highway and Mario Kart what, 64. Oh, yeah. Yes. Where you're one of the regular cars, like the obstacles, where you're just driving along trying to get to work, and then these assholes are flying in and around, weaving around, thinking they're Mario and Yoshi doing whatever they goddamn please. And it's like, all right, I'm going to spike your tires and make you flip off the highway, because fuck you for doing it. How dare you think you're better than everyone else and you can do this? There's some sort of lunatic. I hate it. Triggered. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I know I'm guilty of this, of like saying, like, oh, this isn't realistic, or like, oh, they're trying to make this game more realistic, and it's so over the top. And it's the same with movies or TV shows or games or books or literally anything. And the problem is, you're right. It shouldn't be realistic because realism sucks. Like, Night into the Woods, that dialogue is super realistic. And it makes me feel awful. I mean, it's good writing. They did a great job because that's what they're trying to do. But, God, it makes you feel like shit. So, like, yeah, video games are escapism. But when people try to find the realism in, like, the World War II shooters, like Call of Duty and stuff, and they're like, oh, you can destroy the environments like you can in real life. You can do this like you can in real life. But real life sucks. Like, yeah. that's why we play games. So, like, in Uncharted, like, they're trying to get super realistic with the graphics. They're like, oh, it's almost like real life. It's like you're playing a movie. It's like, yeah, but if this was real life, Nathan Drake would be on trial for war crimes because of the mass genocide he commits every game. Like, so there's a fine line where, like, it can't be realistic because then it's no longer fun. Or you can't be realistic because then you would have to realize the consequences of your actions. So it's, you know... I've, that's why I always favor games that go that just commit to the stylized version, like We Happy Few, where they have the technology to make it gritty and realistic, but they're just like, fuck it, let's do this crazy, like, cartoonish style of this, like, horrible, you know, alternate universe it could be. And I'm like, I like the way that looks better. Or, like, Bioshock Infinite. I like that they went for a more cartoonier style to it than they were trying to be, like, a gritty realism. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, I'm going to kind of segue into our kind of newsy segment here, and it's kind of on the same thought process, maybe not at all, but it's like bending reality. So I saw uh, College Humor posted an article about how that Sinbad genie movie that everyone was freaking out of. It's not real, Doug. Don't bring this up. This is fake. You got bamboozled. Oh, well, that's what I mean. I at least want to entertain the idea of thinking it could be real, but that's the thing. (laughs) We talked about it at length on the show. Find it on a previous episode, listener, but... That the movie Shazam versus Kazam, Kazam has Shaq, Shazam has Sinbad, and people are like, oh, does that movie even exist? And it was, nobody had any proof. College Humor is like putting out an article saying, oh, we have proof. And like, they had like a clip and everything. So I was like, is this legit? Or did like Sinbad team up with them to just fucking troll the whole internet? Like, I don't know. It's the second one because I don't believe it at all. That's what I mean. If you look at him, he's old. It, he, that's not Sinbad from the 90s. Like, Sinbad from the 90s was actually kind of beefy. Like, he's kind of a bigger dude. He's tall as shit. Good um, point. But this, he's, like, clearly, like, over 50 in this video. So, it's like, it's it's not. And the yeah. way they cut it together so quickly. And it's, as bad as 90s acting was, these kids were even, like, hamming it up because it's supposed to be a joke. Yeah, no, you're right. I just wanted to pretend like it was real. But I guess they, they fooled us. Uh, but, but you can I mean, look into that. People will see that, like, even now, or maybe, like, a few years from now, people will see that and think it's real. This is what the, it's, I think, the Mandela effect. Exactly. Where everyone believes something happened when it factually did not. Like, people believe, uh, well, what is it actually named after? Nelson Mandela, they believe he was assassinated, but he was actually the president of South Africa, like, after he got out of prison. Like, so he wasn't, but people believe he was. So it's, it's going to just add to that fuel 
that people think this movie is real, but when it's not. Well, people already did, and yeah, they are fueling it by just trolling us. But hell, yeah. maybe it is real, and it's in another it's alternate not, reality. Uh, that's what I mean. And maybe Shaq is teaming up with College Humor to. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Sega is having all sorts of games. Like it's called Sega Forever. Every Sega game ever made is coming to iOS and Android for free. So that's exciting. I don't know too much about it other than that. Uh, just makes me think. All those ROMs, like they're thinking, we have every single one of them. Just give it to the people on mobile. So that might be pretty cool. I think it's going to be like a slow release, though. Like over time, all of them will be yeah. available, not just like boom, here's everything. But I think this could be a good way to be like, like you said, everyone has the ROMs instead of going like instead of getting the ROMs illegally. So it's just going to like screw it. We're not going to make any money off these games ever again. Like the systems don't even work anymore for most TVs. You have to get a CRT TV. Or a freaking RF modulator, and it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, so they're just like, screw it. If people still want to play these games, let's release them officially. And then that way you kind of build some goodwill with the fan base. Be like, hey, here's a legitimate way of getting them. It's free. Hey, go nuts. Enjoy. And then that way when Sonic Mania comes out or a new Sega game comes out, people are like, hey, you know what? Sega did that cool thing not too long ago. Let me give this a shot. So I, I would encourage more people to do this. Like, if you're never going to make money off that game ever again, why not make it free? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, real, real quick, I got to say, I'm just, uh, I just did a quick Android store search. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they already have a bunch out there. Like, Crazy Taxi's on there, Sonic the Hedgehog, Fantasy Star 2, uh, Kid Chameleon, if anyone remembers that one. Yeah. I know uh, the name. I've never played yeah, um, a game called Comic Zone. It looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic, dude. That one's it's real good. so hard. It's yeah. so unforgivably hard. Um, but that's that makes me wonder how do these play on mobile phone, like on phone? Mobile yeah, phone. they were all designed for controllers, and that's one of the key yeah. things that they're working out per game. So it's going to have to be like an on-screen touch interface that is adapted to the ROM. Yeah, and some of the some of them you have to. Res- respond so quickly to like your phone won't be what actually process you hitting multiple things at once so like i'm curious of how they handle the controls uh and then there's two other newsy things i had at least and there's that nintendo announces the snes classic which is yeah. going to come with 21 stellar games uh that's that's cool, I guess. I mean, the thing is, I don't, I even think I saw a statement from Nintendo, like, we're not going to talk about how many we're going to make, which makes me think it's they're just going to do what they did last time and not make enough. Because <laughs> then you're going to build up demand for it for the next mini console they re-release. Yeah, it's pretty... Imagine a mini Wii, that'd be so dumb. I mean, it doesn't make sense at this point at all, like, 10 years maybe, but, like, I don't know. Mini N64? That would sell like crazy. Although, here's my issue. Like... The fact that they just made the, the NES Classic, sold it for four months, and then said they were discontinuing it, I feel <laughs> I feel they're going to do the same thing with the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, it would be great if they had some sort of internet connectivity so I could download other games, games yeah. that I wanted. Well, that's what some people have done. They hack into it so that you can download other games. Or, like we said, with the ROMs. You can just get all the ROMs. You can get almost every game made before 1995 out on ROM, and it's like one gig of data. Like, it's super small. 
Or you go yeah. to too many games and buy a Dreamcast for 150 bucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, there's some like every retro game you can think of, but some of them are going for like crazy prices. Yeah, we've talked about this with the um, NES before. This is for people who just want a quick snippet of the games. They want it portable, like they could play it at work on their lunch break, or they could show it to their kids who they've had. Like they'd be like, "This is what dad. This is what your dad had." growing up these are the games and it's for people who either don't know how to get the roms or are too lazy to bother to get the roms or don't have time to get the roms so this is just a convenient way to buy it but or it's supposed to be but it's not convenient because they only make so many and it's immediately bought out like i saw a picture online of some guy saying like you know i can't wait to buy a hundred you know snes's and sell them all on ebay like there are already ebay postings for the mini snes but they're not out yet. But people are getting ready for when it is so they can buy them in bulk and then sell them at a markup. Yeah, that's there is a whole market for that, which is ridiculous. But for if you are interested in getting one before all the crazy shit with the eBay, people spiking up the prices and stuff, if you are lucky enough, it's coming out on September 29th for $80. I'm not sure about that price point. Uh, but it does come with 21 games, and it uh, one of the selling points is it includes the previously unreleased Star Fox 2. And I'm like thinking... Yeah. That is kind of interesting that it includes a game that you won't be able to play anywhere else, but that also, huh, I'm not sure how I feel about I th- that. I think it was unreleased in North America. Or no, oh. all over. And I think the new console was about to come out. So like by the time they were finishing Star Fox 2, they were like, hey, new console's out. Uh, everything on the SNES is now obsolete. It's like, uh, like, and they were just about to finish it. Ah. Uh, so I think it fucked them over. That's interesting. But I actually showed a picture of all the people that worked on it, or like five of the guys, maybe the bigger guys that worked on it, like getting a beer and like celebrating the release release of their game like 25 years later. <laughs> so that was funny. That is funny. Um, And then my final news piece is this freaking monitor that I don't think we talked about it on the podcast before, but it's like Samsung unveils uh, the widest computer monitor you can buy. And it looks pretty bizarre. It's like 49 inches across, but like widescreen style. And I remember when we first mentioned it in Slack, like, it was a unanimous, like, this is dumb and it sucks. And I'm starting to change my mind. I know, like, Bren's probably going to disagree with me, but it, it, I think it might be better than two monitors only because, like, I, at my work as a programmer, I look at two monitors and the only, and they're not the exact same make. It's like, they're both Samsung, but different models. And the thing is, like, I like to have the, the lighting on my screen set to low. So it's not like straining my eyes, like constantly all day. And like, I don't know, this, the lighting difference on those monitors, it just bothers me. So I'm thinking, and not to mention, it just adds one more AC plug I got to plug in, one more uh, DVI or plug I got to plug into my computer. And it just would kind of make sense to have this big, nice, massive screen in front of me and only have one to deal with. It's just, I don't know. And that's probably why it exists. But it seems I- like more people are going to use it for gaming and it's got like the most like OLED or QLED or some kind of shit where it's like super hardcore. Are games optimized for that? Are they able to do that resolution? Surprisingly, yes. I saw a handful of demos where that it was handled and it looked pretty ridiculous. Uh, you can opt, you can opt to have it just be like standard aspect ratio, but then it's going to be like black bars on either side. But actually, you could do, it's technically the, the size of two 1080p resolutions or aspect ratios i'm no genius uh don't listen to me listener (laughs) but you could have technically your game on one half of the screen and then like what say an internet browser on the other half of the screen just like you would with two different monitors so like 
if back in the day, it makes me think of like when I was playing RuneScape like forever ago. Like I'd have the app in one and then like the map on like something else because like I'd want to know where I'm going. But like every game would have to be in window mode or else it would be like 1080 by 4072. Like but it would I be think such a huge drag. It's got to have some kind of special software that comes with it that like adapts. I to the- do not count on that at no, all i do like drivers and stuff like it's you're gonna have to like it's not just gonna be like plug and play i bet there's like some kind of like you gotta install this driver for this to even fucking make sense but i could be wrong but it is called the samsung chg 90 and its starting price is 1500 bucks so if you got that kind of cash to just burn by all means get this single double monitor i don't think samsung has that much forethought to put into a prod uh to a product but it would and sure, some games might be able to handle that, like some of the bigger AAA titles. But if you have like a small indie game or something, there's no way that's going to be able to fit that ratio. You'd either have to play windowed or not at all. And I mean, I'm sure there's technical aspects. Bassus probably can get on it more than I can. Um, but I got two monitors and I mostly use it as a backup. Like I've had times where my one monitor just died. If I had that one big monitor, then I'd be shit out of luck. But because I have two separate ones, I could just use the single one now. Yeah, that's a specific use case like and that's the thing like i would use this one this one for like work because like i don't know the one thing they especially they show off is the fact that it's like look at this excel spreadsheet and you go from like column a to like fucking who knows like zz or some shit so if in a work environment i could see that being actually handy but is it that much of a hassle to actually scroll the slide bar at the bottom no but not if i'm already having two monitors anyway but I mean, you can link the monitors. Like I can stretch a window open between the two I already have. I know, but there, there's that gap, and it's not needed anymore. It's, but it's not enough to justify me buying four hundred dollar new monitor. A four, four, uh, fifteen hundred dollar actually. Yeah, I'm See, with you. Yeah, it's a small gap between the two. It's like, all right, it's, it's so. It's, yeah, that's I'm it's not- it's definitely for somebody who's got like so much money and they just don't know what to do with it kind of situation. It's not like yeah. a must buy by any means. I don't think this is practical in any sense. Well, it's like they had the curved TV. The that is, is it curved. This is curved. Yeah, it this is. This is curved. Yeah, and it's like the 4K TVs and all this other stuff. Where it's like it's just because you can't, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. It's Jurassic Park all over again. Like we don't, I don't really think of any reason anyone would need this. Ah, uh, just in a work environment, I think I would prefer it. It's hopefully someday I'll I'll have one and I could maybe tell sell you on it. I don't know. I'm. Some of the jobs I've had out here, like, I've had to use Macs, and I hate it. Oh, well, that's what I mean. This is optimized for Windows 10, if I'm not mistaken, so. Oh, yeah. I hate Windows 10 as well. But, I mean, like, work stuff, it's mostly, like, it's not stuff I enjoy doing. It's, this is the equipment you have. Fucking deal with it. It's your job. It's like, ah. So, like, ah, I don't know. I I wouldn't like this at all. I don't see any reason for it. That's fair. Let us know what you think, listener. All right, and let's wrap yeah. this episode up. Um, do you guys want to play oh. a quick game of What's That Sound? Sure. Uh, quick news, though, on my end. Well, yeah, what's up? I mean, not for me, but... Uh, they're also Nintendo's also releasing a mini Super Famicom in Japan. So, it's... I forget if that's like a variation of the SNES, or if that's just a... It is the SNES. I don't know much about... It is? Okay. I never had one, so it was before my time but they're releasing that i think just for japan well it was the the famicom and the nes were essentially the same thing just called diff just had different names and then the super famicom and the super nes were again same system just different names gotcha 
So the mini Super Famicom is coming out in Japan. So you'll probably find that on eBay soon enough too. Um, they announced the Venom movie that's going to be starring Tom Hardy. The villain in it is going to be Carnage, which I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and like I see people talking about it online, like they're saying like, "Well, if you're not happy about it being Carnage, who else would it be?" And it's like, yeah, fair point, because all the other <laughs> all the other symbiote stuff is super crazy and like ridiculous. So it's like, yeah, I just. I guess for me, I enjoy the character so much, I'm just worried. Because, like, I don't want Tom Hardy as Venom to begin with. So I'm worried of what they're going to do to Carnage. Because Carnage is fucking insane. He's a serial killer that gets control of the symbiote suit. Like, yeah. he's supposed to be awful. And it's an R rating, but I don't think... I think it's going to be an R rating in a light sense. Because there's... It's still going to be Spider-Man Marvel property. So they're still going to want kids to see it, even if it is R. So I think it's going to be a light R rating. But... Carnage's symbiote suit is a mix between Venom symbiote and Carnage's blood. Like, he's wearing a blood suit. So he's kind of, like, gory and crazy to begin with. So, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But I'm not... I don't have faith. What's your beef with Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy's amazing. Tom Hardy's a great actor. I just don't want him as Venom. I don't think he'd be a good uh, good actor to portray that character. I think it's Hollywood taking who's ever a hot A-list actor right now and forcing them into a new franchise. So that would be, like, I think Robert Downey Jr., or no, Ben Affleck was tied in for Batman. He yeah. was signed to do 25 appearances as Batman, whether that's in movies or in commercials or in advertisements or something. And I think Jennifer Lawrence has done the same thing as Mystique with Days of Futures Past, but she bailed out after the third movie, so that canceled that contract. But they're trying to force these characters into these positions for years and tons of movies. And I don't, I don't trust what they'll do. I, I think Tom Hardy's a great actor. He's phenomenal, but I don't think he'd be good as Venom. And I think that's kind of just showing where they're taking that franchise, and it's concerning. I think Tom Hardy can do anything he wants to do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue against him. He could snap me in half like a twig. But, <laughs> Let's but I mean, hope I that thought you're he was a sh- pleasantly surprised with his performance. I hope so. I thought he was a shitty Bane. I thought all of Dark Knight Rises could have been better in every regard. I think he's a great actor, though, but I think what happened with Bane and that character's bad. I think if he if he had creative control, it could be more interesting, but you know, who knows? He's not a director, so maybe not. Um, but also, uh, The Watchmen is getting turned into an HBO series. Oh. And Damon Lindelof, the guy from Lost and The Leftovers, is uh, heading up that project. So Alan Moore, Wait. the author of The Watchmen, is rolling over and digging into his own grave. No shit, because I thought, well, I'm not, I could be mistaking this for somebody else, but isn't, like, this the classic, like, that artist didn't want their star- story to be yeah. touched, and as soon as they died, like, that people just took over, and, like, that's what I mean. It's already a movie. Why are you turning it into a TV show? Yeah, Alan Moore is the poster child, or the, the poster old man crazy wizard guy for don't change my, pro- like, don't change my art into what it's not. Exactly. Like, he didn't want it as a movie. It that's why it took them. The comics came out in like eighty seven to like ninety, like ninety nine, and that's why it took them like twenty years to turn it into a movie because they were trying to do it from when it was published. But he was fighting them and like they couldn't get it right for twenty years. Oh, as terrible as this is to say, I hope that happens to Saga someday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be great. That would be great. But Brian Vaughn has also stated he doesn't want it in yeah. any other medium besides comics. Exactly, that's what he wrote it for I- and. Even the Simpsons make a joke. They had Alan Moore as like a guest star, and uh, I think Milhouse goes up and asks him to sign his copy of Watchmen Babies. 
which is like a joke saying it's like bastardizing the source material. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of what it's turning into at this point. It's turning into another series he didn't want. And then there's even uh the Minutemen, I think, was a comic series that was about the prequel to Watchmen, about the superhero group of the Minutemen. And that sucked. Like the, uh, Maybe it wasn't terrible, but it definitely didn't get nearly enough recognition as Watchmen did, and people didn't enjoy it. So it's just furthering this, turning this one piece of art that this guy worked so hard on and turning it into a franchise that's just being diluted with each iteration. And it just, I'm not looking forward to that at all. And I love the Watchmen. Yeah, that's painful. That sucks. I, that's, uh, I just wanted to mention to you guys, you guys know Alan Moore is still alive. He, I mean, he is. Whoops. <laughs> he's, he is technically, but like, he looks like he's been dead for the last 20 years. I was just like, trusting Brent's word on that one. Th- saying he's rolling over in his grave. I, I, well, that's a good phrase for it. <laughs> I said he's rolling over and he's rolling over and digging his own grave because like he's going to want to die after this comes out. Yeah, that's insane that I, if I was him, I'd fight it to the death. Oh, pun intended. Well, that's, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the problem when you work with a publisher because uh, D- uh, DC Comics published it and distributed it. So he had to give over the rights to them. So it is their property, even though he worked on it. Gotcha. It's his child. So that's, you know, that's the whole creative property uh, struggle. Even V for Vendetta. In the comics, uh, V, the main character, was an anarchist and wanted no government. But in the movie, they make him sort of a prota- like a hero who wants to overthrow a di- uh, dictatorship. But in the comics, he doesn't want any government at all. and kind of kills everybody. Like, he's not as heroic in the comics as he is in the movie. I see. So it's... Alan Moore's fucked up. I mean, he's a fucking lunatic, but he's also a great writer. So, and I, I would have to agree with him. It, like... I enjoy the Watchmen movie. I enjoy the V for Vendetta movie. I don't think they've ruined the source material, but seeing the way this goes and seeing how they keep doing more stuff with it, I see his argument now. I, I kind of see his point more and more with each iteration. Yeah, that's shitty of them. Um, yeah. speaking of shitty things, uh, this game, this game, <laughs> Welcome of, back. yeah, this game of what's that sound is really hard. But let's see how you guys make it. Let's play what's that sound. Alright, so we're playing What's That Sound. I have three sound for you guys and a bonus clip. Uh, the first sound is by far the hardest one. Uh, I'm sorry Great. I did something so hard, but it's a good callback, and I'm sure we've all played it at one point in our life, though we may not remember. But let's listen to sound number one now. Oh, I know what this is immediately. That's insane. I'm trying to get the exact name of it because we all know it by something. That's funny that Brent even has an idea. What do you think, Kenny? I. Is it Mega Man? No, I'll take that as a guess, though. Not bad. Um, let's get a guess from Bren, because I think he's going to get it, but I'm just not sure if he knows what it's called. Oh, I know what it's called. I looked it up. I- oh, okay. Then, by all means, spill the beans. What? And this is what I mean. This is a hard one. I didn't think anyone's going to get this. You want to give Kenny another shot? Because I know exactly. I know. All right. Well, then, yeah, Kenny, if you can muster one more guess, what would it be? 
if you mm, if you could Mega Man two. <laughs> that's fair. That's More good. Mega Man. <laughs> no, but Brent, go ahead and let us, our listeners know what that game was. Maybe they already know. It's the pinball game from all the early Microsoft games. It's called Full Tilt Pinball. Yeah, exactly. It was this. Uh, well, specifically, there was like three different tables. Apparently, the one's called Space Cadet, and yeah. yes, 3D space, 3D pinball Space Cadet. I, I think it was installed initially on Windows ninety five or ninety eight. One of those, and I remember it was in the household, and I'd play the shit out of that game, just listening to like bat- terrible music. Um, it was a really fun pinball game and well done, Bren. I really didn't think anyone was going to get that. So there's a good chance you guys are going to win now. Let's listen to sound number two. <laughs> Here comes Tiny. Ouch. <laughs> Jump high. I have no idea. Bren, go for it. <laughs> Not even a guess. I, I got nothing. Because uh, I know the franchise. I don't know exactly which game it is, though. But oh, well, you'll definitely... get it. Yeah, it's definitely Crash Bandicoot. I'm going to say two? No, but I, I'm going to say you win by even just guessing Crash Bandicoot. But go ahead and guess another game, because it's not two. Uh, Crash 3? Was it Time Warp or Crash Through Time? Or something? It was just warped. But nope, it's not that. Warped. It's actually from Crash Team Racing. Uh, ah. that's tiny yeah the big old tiger guy tiny. he's yeah goof. tiny the tiger it's funny because he's massive but his name's tiny <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's what i mean oh and that's something i forgot to mention in our news segment crash insane trilogy dropped today if i'm not mistaken and it's only 40 say- bucks i'm i'm so excited i'm gonna hop on that immediately even like I like th- i need more games though god damn it <laughs> Yeah, I was actually watching someone do a playthrough on it, so that kind of is why I knew it already. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, so you guys already won, but let's see if you can get sound number three, get the hat trick, and I do have a bonus sound for this one, but let's listen to sound number three now. Yeah, this one's going to be hard to unpack. Uh, it's I think the most telling thing about it is the sound at the end of the clip because it's yeah. very specific. Um, but I'm not sure if either of you have played it or watched gameplay of it. So this one could be tough, but you already won. So it sounded like it could be from Breath of the Wild. Very good guess, uh, but no, uh, I can see why you would go, go to that conclusion. And that makes very, sense to me. Very good guess. But Chiron. <laughs> Denied. No. <laughs> um, all right. If you're not sure if we played it, then it's definitely not Beyond Good and Evil. Because, you know, I've played that. Um, I was going to say Wind Waker, like when you're starting off, but it doesn't sound uh, cartoony enough. Like the, the sounds in Zelda games are very iconic. Every Like every sound is. So, um. But he said Breath of the Wild was close, so that makes me think it might be. I'll Zelda give you a still. hint. Oh, it's not Zelda still, but it's like a, this game was like kind of compared to it, like, uh, and it didn't really make sense. The Incredible Hulk game where it was cel shaded. No, <laughs> no. I remember that came out at the same time. People were like, "What's this cel shading? Why is it in every game?" It's like it's oh, in two. That didn't and come one out. Of them's like kind of good. 
at the same time as Breath of the Wild. Maybe you're thinking Wind Waker. No, uh, yeah. Wind Waker. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that whole game was actually pretty fun. You could take a car, rip it in half, and then smash it around your hands to make boxing gloves. <laughs> it was ridiculous. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, I have one yeah, final sure. hint, and I don't think it's good. It, it, it'll definitely like seal the deal. I mean, I'll take it because I got nothing. All right. Yeah. I platinumed this game. Peggled? No. <laughs> uh, if I could, I you, would. You've platinumed a few games. I'm trying to think what the first one was. Was it uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn? Yes. That is what that sound oh, okay. is from. And the funny thing is, I'll let you guys listen to sound number four now. It's it's basically some YouTuber. I'll give him a shout out. It was uh, Juice Man Genji or something. Benji. <laughs> And he basically, oh, I know, what a terrible name, right? But he made, no, he, plays a, Genji. He, he made an entire track, like a beat of a song made out of sound effects from Horizon Zero Dawn. So I'll play you a clip just to give you a taste. Considered chiptune? Kind of. It's not like an 8 bit game anymore. It's like a new game. It, he technically just took straight sound effects and just like, it, it was the, the video is pretty interesting seeing how he'd like incorporate them all. Like, but regardless, I don't know. It, it's not very pleasant to listen to by any means. So, <laughs> uh, but it was an interesting feat. So, well done. That's how we play. What's that sound? Good job, guys. All right, that was a fun episode. Let's do some plugs here. Uh, Kenny, you got a podcast on the network. Tell us about it. Uh, I do have a podcast on the network. It is called Dumbbells and Dragons, where nerd and fitness culture collide. We talk to nerdy people about fitness stuff and fitness people about nerdy stuff, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm actually in a, in the right now. I'm having a bunch of like all star guests coming on. Nice. So it's the entire cast of Smash Mouth, the whole band. <laughs> exactly. Um, they're all stars. No. Uh, uh, your game on. Go play. No, just because I've been so swamped with other things that I haven't had a chance to reach out to have new guests. But I do. I am going to be reaching out to a couple people on the TV show Glow, the Netflix show Glow. Ooh. Awesome. So I'm hoping that those are going to be coming out sometime in late July or August. Next week, we have Robbie Farlow from uh, SideQuest Fitness on. And then also, at some point, probably Monday or Tuesday, we are going to be having our spoiler cast for Spider-Man Homecoming. So everyone listen to that if you want to be spoiled for Spider-Man. And if you don't, listen to it after uh, Thursday or Friday. Excellent. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch the movie and then listen because that's always the best, getting yeah. the feedback. That sounds cool. Um, How about you, Brent? Uh, I got Twitter, ABTS Brandon. It's, I forget I have it most of the time, so no worries. Yep, that's <laughs> understandable. And if you like our show, please give us a like or follow on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle's ABT Silence. I mentioned that we Twitch stream every now and then, typically Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8pm Eastern Standard Time. 
So come hang out and chat and see whatever we're playing. Now it's Need for Speed, Rocket League, Prey, Ukulele. Like, I have too many games, and I, I'm considering Crash Bandicoot. So just come hang out. It's very fun. Um, and yeah, uh, check out the other podcasts on the network. Uh, like we said, Dumbbells and Dragons, Almost Better Than Dragons, the D&D show. Press Continue Podcast for the retro games. They're back in action. And also Erie Canal Theater, like some really, and One Track Gamers, how could I forget? They're some really good shows, so just go to almostbetter.net and have a blast. But we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. See you guys. Bye.